Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me is the guy that set up an ice cream social in an abandoned haunted house, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. I'm doing all right. Awesome. I know you set that party up just for me. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of something funny. Oh. <laughs> well, that's okay. We can skip that. <laughs> oh, thank God. Whew. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. Oh, man. So how's your week going this week? Eh, it's going all right. That's good. Okay, just to go back to that real quick. I think it's funny that uh, we didn't really have the whole lot to say during the episode. And now that we have to, <laughs> had to talk about it again for a second, we're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that episode gave us nothing. <laughs> no it really didn't <laughs> i actually was thinking i was like oh what's the last episode we watched oh yes frozen ghost i know i thought that right before <laughs> recording and i was just like is it frozen ghost yeah it was oh wait fuck no it wasn't <laughs> it was it, whispering walls was a very forgettable episode unfortunately because it wasn't that bad no it wasn't bad at all it was just I mean, kind of there in a bit, which is weird because Frozen Ghost was, I think, a much worse episode. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's unfortunate, yeah. But, you know what? Maybe we'd remember Whispering Walls more if instead of it being Claire, it was Melissa Joan Hart. If Melissa Joan Hart was in every episode, that would probably help. (laughs) Well, she's not. They can't. Nickelodeon couldn't afford her that I guess, well, she wasn't Clarissa Explains at all. So yeah. Nickelodeon could afford her. <laughs> <laughs> they literally could. They could buy <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. Well, whatever. <laughs> How are you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing all right. That's good. Did you do anything fun this week? Fun? No. I uh, built furniture. Oh, what? Ikea, man. Ikea. Oh, I don't have an Ikea. It's, uh... Everybody always talks about it, though. It's not fun. It's not fun building shit. You start out with your little diagram in your booklet, and you're like, oh, this is just like Lego, and you put the things together, and then you get 50 pages in, and you gotta put this little wooden piece in this hole and this peg here, and you're just like, oh, fucking, I just want to stop doing this. Yep. Yeah. And at the end, you've got a boring white piece of (laughs) slate. And you're like, great. I thought about that for some reason. Um, I must have just like had telepathy or whatever the fuck. And I was thinking about you because I was thinking. All right. I was on my way to work yesterday and I was thinking about how much I hate putting things together. Whoa. I know. I just hate it. I'm always afraid i'm gonna fuck it up and there's just some things when you fuck up you can't unfuck it you know i did fuck something up while i was building this and i was just like yeah eh, whatever i'm not (laughs) i'm not going back to step we hear crash during this we know what's (laughs) yeah it's just everything falling apart (laughs) yeah even like simple things i'm like oh jesus i don't know what i'm doing I put on training wheels on my son's bike, and I was like, oh, God. 
It's going you gotta to use explode. two wrenches at the same time. What the fuck? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy as hell. Yes. Yeah. So I agree with you. Putting shit together is the worst. We would not survive back in medieval days. No. Well, I'm really sorry that you had to put shit together. Whew, that's nightmare yeah. fuel right there. Oof. Rough stuff. Anxieties and whatnot. So how was your week, Cortland? Hmm. Um, my week was okay, I guess. Okay. I, uh, I went camping um, over the weekend. You seem to be going camping a lot. Well, we just wanted to squeeze out every last drop of summer, I guess. Every drop of camping? Yeah. Do you like camping? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. It was hard, though, because I was trying to, like, get your gifts for 13th floor and post them and stuff, and I just had no service, and it was just, like, draining my battery, so it was just a fight against time to get this shit posted on Instagram, and mm-hmm. it was it was hard. It is very stressful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. Everybody everybody just sits there and refreshes Instagram on Friday and Saturdays just waiting for those gifts. And you know what? I think your tale of 13th floor, 13th floor gifts were really good. So I understand why they were doing Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> they were. I loved them. And uh, so, like, I get why they were refreshing it constantly. But it was just like, oh, it's such a, so stressful. But aside from that. We got uh, our our bread stolen by raccoons while we were, like, not even that far from the bread. So we had to burn that in the fire because they had their little raccoon hands all over it. Yeah, their filthy raccoon Uh, people-looking hands. Yes. (laughs) I do love raccoons, though. I think they're adorable. Um, And then when we went to sleep, we didn't have enough blankets, and it was, like, 40 degrees, and it was very cold. I was cold. I was cold. Yeah. I almost froze to death, and then somebody would have had to give me a jacket. Yeah, that would have been quite an ordeal. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of camping, and I I would like to do it one day, but all I've ever been is at like a campground where you yeah. just have a lot, and you go there, and you sit in your RV... Or uh-huh. your tent on the lot, and there's like, you know, there's bathrooms, there's a little store where you can go and buy little foods and stuff. It's <laughs> not really camping. Well, I mean, ours was like that. Uh, there was no electricity anywhere, though. We didn't have any outlets or anything, and we slept in tents. We didn't have an RV, but, I mean, we were on a lot. It was We didn't just, like, hike into the woods and say, here we go, because that's how people get killed. Oh, yeah. That's part of the camping experience, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The danger I, of being killed. I was concerned that I was still going to get killed, even though there was people, like, literally everywhere around me. Anytime you're in a tent, you're probably going to get killed. Well, do you want to get into this this sode? <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Ah. So Brandon and I just got done watching The Tale of the Full Moon. I loved this episode. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I really liked it. Huh, okay. I was going to ask you how you felt about it, but I didn't think that you were going to love it as much as I do, <laughs> so I just went first. Yeah, uh, 
I think my surprise at you really liking this episode has already kind of tipped how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say well, it wasn't a terrible episode, but I was... didn't I didn't really love it. Yeah. It wasn't scary. There's nothing scary about this episode. It's no. just goofy. I loved it. And as with most episodes, and especially the ones that I don't love, I liked things about it. Yeah. I thought that it was really well casted. I thought that the main character um, would, did a really good job. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he did. Um, the mom, I loved her. Wow, what a character. I know. Can't wait to talk about her. And the yeah. friend, Huey, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the actor was going for. I don't know either. But what? he did it. He, whatever he was going for, he did it. He nailed yeah. it. Um, yeah. Let's let's just get into the shit. All right. <laughs> so the episode starts. Um, everybody's already around the campfire. They're in position, and we're showing Frank sitting down, and Gary standing up next to him and saying, "Tonight's a special night. It was a year ago tonight that David brought Frank into our circle, so he could tell a tale that made him a member of the Midnight Society." And I really liked that beginning. I thought that was cool. They did like a an anniversary episode. Yeah, we just had a birthday one not too long ago, and now it's an anniversary. Yeah, and that's cool. Like, you remember, and Eric was there. And... <laughs> Nobody mentions Eric. No, <laughs> I think that nobody mentioned you, the Eric. If you mention Eric, you also get kicked out of the Midnight Society. <laughs> yeah. So David, David, who's sitting next to Kristen, of course. Reminds everyone that it was the tale of the Phantom Cab, guys. Remember that? Remember the first episode? Yeah. it's. Well, have they mentioned past stories before? Kind of. Uh, David did rem- remind us that there was the prom queen. Yeah, she dressed up like the prom queen, but he didn't really mention the story of the prom queen. Yeah, that's true. And, okay, so Dave and Kristen are sitting next to each other, mm-hmm. like always, but... I want to know at this point, are they actually meant to be a couple? Is it an implication that they're know. a couple? Or does he really just show up every week and go, oh, I'm going to sit here. The seat's open. Okay. Thanks, Kristen. Like, maybe we'll get know. something more out of it. Because honestly, the only thing that we've had so far of this couple situation was back in season one, the tale of the lonely ghost, when Kristen gave him a smooch after he gave her a uh, necklace or whatever that she never wears. Yeah, he likes her. That's not a mystery. Yeah, she hasn't really reciprocated much, though. She might like him, but at the very least, she doesn't hate him. Yeah. And they're, like, by each other all the time. Maybe we'll get, like, another David... I don't think we're going to get another Kristen story, so maybe we'll get another David story this season, and it'll, like, expand it a little bit. I don't know. I hope so. I mean... The nice. interactions between the Midnight Society members are some of my favorite things. Yeah. We haven't had, like, a whole lot. It's usually just setting up the story, but I liked the scene in the weird whatever shop that Gary's dad owns. Oh, yeah. In uh, Super shop. Specs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the gift that he gave to Kristen. Things like that. Yeah, I agree with you, and you know what? I like this season because the kids seem more friendly towards each other. It's not quite so mean-spirited, 
and yeah, I think that is right about that. much more appealing. <laughs> I but... think getting rid of Eric was the key to everything. <laughs> well, even so, Kiki is not so bitchy, and Frank isn't as, as mean. I mean, he's still like the the quote unquote jerk character, but he's not. He's a tough as guy. Bad. He's a tough hombre. Um, which is it's funny though because I like the interactions probably better in season two, but also there's less of it in season two because we don't have as many interludes. I think the last one we had was in like uh, Midnight Madness, maybe. Yeah, the interludes never offered much of anything anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I think towards the end of it, it was basically just like this. Yes, this. That. Yup. Back to the story. <laughs> yeah, it was like. You know, if you forgot what happened before the commercial break or something. Yeah. You had Kiki busting in being like, So, everybody, <laughs> she used her final wish. And everybody's just like, Yes, Kiki. Uh. She's like, Okay, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. So, the ghost was frozen. The ghost was cold? So the walls were whispering. <laughs> so back at the Midnight Society, because we're done here, Brandon. Kristen chimes in after David said it was the Phantom Cab. She chimes in saying, Vink's the name, Dr. Vink. And Kiki says, with a va, 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 va. <laughs> the kids giggle a little bit. <laughs> and Gary continues saying that it's been our tradition that on an anniversary, it's the person's turn to tell a scary tale. You got one, Frank? Frank's like, fuck yeah, I do. And Gary tells him, all right, take it away. So we get a Frank story this week. That's two this season? Yep, second one this season. First one was uh, Midnight Madness. Yeah. So Frank tells everyone he's got the perfect story for a night like this. And Betty Ann looks up at the moon, and it's a full moon again, even though last episode was also a full moon. So it's like, what the fuck? It's just always full moons. It's all right. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, exactly, says Frank. Eerie things happen when the moon is full. People always act a little bit different, a little strange. And to anybody who's ever told a tale of terror, there's one special thing that always happens when a full moon rises. And and over that full moon that Betty Ann was looking at, we see like a cloud covering it. And the kids look at each other as Frank tells us that's what his story is about. He grabs a fistful of monkey bone powder and he begins his tale of the full moon. Yeah... Uh, it's pretty lame that he couldn't think of a better name. You're right. I know we'll, we'll talk about the name later, but to be like, I've got a tale about a full moon. I call it <laughs> the tale of the full moon. <laughs> like, that's boo. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> At first, you know, the episode starts and first we're showing like a not so full moon sky. In fact, it's daytime, and the camera pans down to a clubhouse-looking building, and there's, like, a sign on there that says, No job too small. Chihuahuas are specialty. And there's another sign that has some other writing on it. I couldn't really read it, though. Maybe, like I said, Pet Detectives on it? Did you read yeah. it? That's what it said. My copy was so shit that I just could not read it. I pushed, that, I pushed my laptop right to my face, and I could not read it. What I read is Pet Detectives Harris and Downs. What? Which must be the characters' last names, because I wrote oh. those down as the characters' names, and then I was like, that is not their names. <laughs> well, this episode 
I have a couple of issues with it. The first one is that Frank's voiceover tells us that Jed and Huey were pet detectives and they could find missing dogs, runaway parakeets, you know, that kind of thing. They just got hired by Miss Neville to find her lost cat, Misty. Seems like an open and shut case at first. So he tells us the name of the two kids, Jed and Huey, but they don't give any indication which one is Jed and which one is Huey. And I don't like that. Not for a while. Kind of annoying because we focus on these kids and I'm just like, who's what? Who's who? I don't know. So now we're inside of the clubhouse and we see the kids. The kids is like tools of the trade on a table. There's some flashlights and other shit. And there's also this hamburger with eyes on it. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's probably to lure in dogs. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. They've got all these tools to trap animals. Yeah, they do. Yep. They got like uh, nets and just a whole bunch of just... He's got a lot of things for animals, which I guess makes yeah. sense because they're trying to find animals. Are pet detectives a real thing? Nah, this is... I've never, ever heard... How are you supposed to find a runaway parakeet? Parakeets can fly. <laughs> yeah, parakeets don't run, generally. <laughs> if you open up a, a window or something and a parakeet flies out, you just lost a parakeet. You gotta go... You have to buy another one. Nobody's gonna find that. This isn't full house. No. Yeah, I can't say that there's... I've ever heard of a pet rescue thing. I like this, though. It's very early 90s to me, you know? I mean, Ace Ventura made it big. Yeah. But like I said, I really enjoy this. Like, the kids, they got their own business going. They find pets. That's cool. I think it's cool. It's cool, Brandon. I mean, they're young kids. They're either going to have a lemonade stand or they're going to be pet detectives. Like, that's your two options. (laughs) Yeah. You got to go out there and make some money. Child labor laws in this country. Just yeah. ruin everything. You've got two choices. I wonder how bad child labor laws were in Canada. Yeah, I wonder. I'm assuming it'd probably be the same as America. I don't know. Do they got them in Australia? Like, can you go send your kids to work right now? I don't know. Maybe I should find out. <laughs> you have untapped potential, Brandon. <laughs> untapped income. <laughs> oh, so... Um, I put his name down as Jet at this moment because I was like, oh, man, that's an awesome name. But it's Jed. So if I accidentally call him Jet from my notes, I apologize. But Jet, Jet and Huey. Cooler. I know, isn't it? I was like, damn, that's an awesome name, Frank. But Jed and Huey are doing like a rundown of all their gear. And, well, it's Huey, but I was like, at this point, I don't know which one's which. But I'm just not. I'm going to save you guys the confusion that I had and say... Jed says catnip mouse and the other the other kid Huey is checking off his little like check sheet on his paper and he checks that one off says catnip mouse and then Huey says uh why he charged Miss Neville twenty dollars because our rate for missing cats is only five and Jed says well yeah but the price for puppies at the pet store is twenty bucks a pop and then they continue continue doing their checkoff list with a squeezy rubber hamburger um the music in this episode how would you explain it um because it's kind of odd it's very like old-fashioned kind of i kind of likened some of the tone in this episode to like an old film noir yeah and the music is kind of evocative of that it actually reminded me in some ways of the show twin peaks 
Oh, I've never seen Twin Peaks. Well, I know I should. The I music re- reminded me of that. It's like tss, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's like old timey, like detectivey music. Yeah, which I mean fits because they're being pet detectives, and then later on, it's kind of like it. It gets that weird, like daytime cheesy soap opera kind of music too. Also, like Twin Peaks. Oh, perfect. All right, folks, if you've seen Twin Peaks, you'll know what we're talking about. Okay, so Huey tells Jed that your mom said you couldn't have a dog. And Jed pulls out a Polaroid of a dog in a cage, and he says, yeah, she'll change her mind when she sees this. Mm, no. <laughs> He's grasping at straws here. <laughs> so then they struggle to find a silver whistle, and and Huey asks if your mom will still say no. Oh, I'm sorry. And Huey asks, what if your mom still says no? And Jed tells him that she has to say yes because he's... I'm tired of playing fetch the stick with you. Huey's like... Me too. Splinters hurt my tongue. I was like, what? Yeah, that's... That's weird. I guess supposed to be a joke. Yeah. I kind of but... felt flat, but I was just like, this kid plays fetch with the other kid? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, he wants a dog, but man, don't fucking... Make your friend, like, roleplay as your animals. Well, you know what? We'll talk about it in a minute, because Huey's insane. (laughs) So Jed says, it's basically a law that a boy should have a dog. And when we find Misty the cat, I'm going to buy one. And then he sits down, and he, like, yelps in pain because he sat down on the silver whistle. So the price for a dog is $20. Yes. And he's he's charging $20 to find this cat yes so he's not expecting to pay huey anything right i know i thought the same thing so he's making his friend work for free he's having him fetch sticks (laughs) this kid's kind of an asshole a little bit yeah he is i was gonna be like okay maybe like the way that they split but even this doesn't make sense the way they split it is that like okay this case huey you're gonna get all the money for it all right i have this one so i get all the money for it but even if it was that way, like he said, we only charge $5 for cats and you're charging Miss Neville $20. Like if, if it was like, this one's yours, this one's mine. It's like, okay, this one's mine. And also I'm going to jack up the price so I get more money. Like, <laughs> okay, you get $5. I get $20. Yeah. But as a bonus, you don't have to chase sticks anymore. Well, that's, I mean, hey, there you go. <laughs> that's pretty good. So, uh. So Jed finds the silver whistle, he blows it, and even though it's supposed to be only for dogs, uh, it's really loud. Yeah, I can hear it. For a second I was like, oh shit, am I a dog? It makes a very high-pitched whistle noise, and I don't like it. It's unpleasant. Anyway, it apparently makes all the dogs around him start barking, to which, like, all the dogs in the neighborhood, I guess, because there's no dogs in the building. And, And Jed looks around, and he smiles and laughs about it. So the next scene, we're shown like a nice looking neighborhood and Jed is is in the front foreground calling out for Misty and then we see Huey and he's doing the same and he's in the background, he's down walking down the street and he's got a net, um, he opens up a trash can but Misty's not in there, uh, Jed looks around with his magnifying glass for some reason, no dice, they use a toy rat on a string but the cat doesn't seem to be anywhere. Uh, he looks under the car. Nope. 
Behind a tree? Nope. Over a fence? Oh. Huey sees something that is obviously a person walking <laughs> with like a fur hat or like a wig on or something. Mm-hmm. And it's over this, I would say, at least five foot fence, right? Yes. Uh, he thinks that this shit's the cat. So he runs and he he vaults over this fence and he grabs the hat or whatever. He tumbles to the ground. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Is this kid in, like, an Olympic athlete or something? a wild series of events. It was incredible. <laughs> it is very, very clearly not a cat. <laughs> yeah. And he sees it, and he gets so excited. He just knows that's Misty. He is absolutely thrilled that he solved this case, and he's going to get his friend a dog. <laughs> hey, he's got priorities. It was nuts. He vaulted he over that. It was pounces. like I said, five, probably at least five foot, probably more than that, because you can't see the person, you can't see her head. It's just yeah. like the top of her head, and it's like this boy has a six foot vertical leap. It's it's insane. This kid's incredible. So he grabs the hat, but of course it's just was it even a hat? Was it a wig? I don't know. It was fur or yeah, something. It's just hair. <laughs> And the girl that was wearing it is tapping her foot, all pissed off. She blows the hair out of her face. And Huey looks at her, smiles, and she, he pets the hat. That was crazy. Let's take a moment to explain these kids, too. Um, Jed, he reminds me, look-wise, of John Connor from Terminator 2. Yeah. yeah Edward I can Furlong see that. or whatever his name is. He's That's got what I that, thought of He's the got time. that Furlong vibe. Even if he yeah. doesn't look exactly like him, he's got a Furlong vibe for sure. Yeah, I almost, I like him better than Edward Furlong too. <laughs> like, I wish he was in Terminator 2 and Pet Cemetery 2. I think that would have been great. Just look up John Connor from Terminator 2 and that's pretty much what this kid looks like in my opinion. Now, Huey, on the other hand, he looks like he should be a golden girl. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a beautiful perm. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it is permed the fuck up. He looks like an old woman. <laughs> That's it. You're That's not amazing. wrong. You're not wrong. And I I remarked that he looked like a, an older gentleman while I was watching the episode. <laughs> he is a golden girl. He's the fifth golden girl. And that's that. That's all I got about these kids. <laughs> all right. That's Case all I really closed. need, right? So up next, we see the slightly crappier section of the neighborhood. As Jed is still calling out for Misty, he stops and he picks up a name tag that has Misty written on it. Imagine that. Jed picks up his walkie-talkie and he says, Rin Tin Tin to Lassie. I think I found Misty. Uh, no, you didn't. You found a name tag. <laughs> he found a clue as to where Misty could be. Misty could be fucking anywhere true yeah she could have ditched that name tag as soon as soon as she got out of the house and she's in mexico by now <laughs> she's in the united states you mean no she went through the united states <laughs> straight to mexico yeah um so he calls himself rin tin tin and huey is lassie and i didn't know which kid was which so in my notes i just referred to until we got who was who? I referred to Jen as Rin Tin Tin and Huey as Lassie. All right. That so, works. <laughs> so 
So Jed says that uh, he thinks that Misty is in the house across from his own house. And Huey tells Jed that he's got to go home for dinner as Jed tells Huey that he's going to go inside the house to search for Misty. We see Jed walk up to the house and it's got a sign on it. It said it has for sale on there, but now it's sold. It looks pretty crappy. There's just a bunch of plants all overgrown on it that are dead. So like ivy or whatever. The windows are barred with chicken wire and has a gate in there that you have to enter in before entering the house. So Jed knocks on the door a few times, but no one seems to answer. He looks through the window, but doesn't see anything. And then detective music just continues to play as we look at a garbage can for just way too long. I didn't really know what was in there that we were looking at, but it turns out to be a collar, I think. I didn't know either. It just was weird, especially because Jed goes to the backyard and there's just like a bunch of collars everywhere. He's picking it up off the tree and there's just this pile of, of animal collars just sitting there. So if that if it was a collar in the in the garbage can, why didn't you throw all of them away? It's a good question. It was really weird. Jed looks into the house from the back door and he sees a guy walking down the stairs. So he hides from his view, but then he looks in again and this guy's probably like I don't know in his late thirties, early forties, and he's balding. That's about all I got to say about him. Yes, he is a balding man. Yeah, he opens up a container of like raw hamburger or dog food or something he sprinkles some shit in it cracks an egg onto it and then the phone rings he wipes his hand and he goes away jed opens up the door to his house and he just walks right inside fucking breaking and entering he looks at the dog food and he smells it smells like shit (laughs) so he goes over to the fridge and he opens it up and there's just container after container of this raw meat looking shit jed slams the door and then fucking huey (laughs) Contacts him through the radio, or I mean, sorry, through the walkie-talkie again. He's like, last eater in Tintin, I gotta go home for dinner. And and Jed's like, oh, fuck, you already said that shit. But upstairs, the dude out on the phone tells the caller he's gonna have to call him back. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, and he sets down the phone as Jed runs out the door. Um, There was this nail that was jutting out from the, from the door, and... Jed r- runs right into that fucking nail, and if like it clearly it's padded or whatever his arm is padded, but man, mm. that looked like it would hurt when he catches his sleeve on that jutting out nail. He like fucking yeah. rams into that shit. I don't like, uh, like anything to do with nails yeah. ever since seeing ever since Hellraiser. Home Alone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that was worse. Kind of <laughs> different. Home Alone, movies. right? Not really though. <laughs> But at least for Jed, it doesn't seem to hurt him or anything. It doesn't, like, gouge him, even though it would in real life. He just snags his shirt on it, and he struggles on it for a few moments as the guy's walking down his stairs. He looks around at the bottom, sees his doors open. Jed is just, like, sitting sitting outside, waiting, I guess. The guy doesn't see him, though, somehow. And Jed runs off, but he's still not spotted. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it's very sneaky. Yeah, right. So the scene shifts, and now we're inside Jed's house. There's just plastic flamingos in the front yard. It's crazy, the decor and such. His mom tells him that 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 is the most ridiculous story that she's ever heard. And he's like, but it's true. His fridge was full of meat. I bet he's got his eyes on every pet in the neighborhood. Dog burgers, fried canary, hamster soup. And the mom's like, Jed, 
Jed, don't be ridiculous. But the only thing ridiculous here is that woman. Yeah. She is, it's, it's like Peg Bundy from Married with Children. <laughs> Except Her like a whole worse vibe is very 50s, 60s sort of. Yeah. Yeah. She's got big hair. Yes. I don't know. She's got a, like a I, beehive. I googled like 60s housewives and I mean she kind of looked like it. But she looks a little bit more like Peg, Peg Bundy where she's got that big hair but... It's like not as big as pegs and it's brown. She's crazy. I love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> she's insane and I love it. Yes, she's very uh gaudy. Oh my god. She like in this scene she's like doing her toenails and stuff, so she's got like the the shit packed in between every toenail and she's just like she's crazy. Oh my god, I love her. <laughs> so she snaps her fingers and she's she's had just about enough of this. And Jed turns around and he's like, But mom! She's like, Don't but mom me. I know exactly what you're up to, young man. This is another one of your cockamamie, I want a dog schemes, isn't it? He's like, what? She tells Jed he expects her to believe this story so that he can bring home every stray dog in the neighborhood just to protect him from the butcher of Maple Street. And then she's like, like she snorts and it's (laughs) weird. But mom tells him that they are just barely getting by as it is they can't afford another mouth to feed even if it does have four legs and brings home the mail she like snacks on a potato chip as she says that and jed says well dad would believe me this part is nuts she just like gets this close-up and she just looks at him longingly and the music is weird and she says he probably would and then she looks over at a family picture and she slowly like reaches for it like she's gonna like caress it and she slams it down and she says creep <laughs> what the fuck was that i i don't know what it is was, this what does that incredible. mean incredible <laughs> i don't know what the fuck was going on what is what happened to his dad they never tell us i don't know did he just, i don't like, know leave the family did he die he went to jail or died or they just got a divorce and Either way, pulling the dad would have believed me card is a pretty shitty thing to do. Yeah, it was. But I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved her reaction. It was great. She was just like, yeah, he probably would. Like, it was great. I loved it. And then the music plays and it's like that cheesy fucking daytime drama soap thing. where I don't even know how to explain it. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your runaway parakeet. Thank you so much for listening to our episode covering the tale of the full moon. Brandon and I had so much fun with this episode, and we hope you're enjoying it, too. Our season two wrap up episode is going to be recorded on October 4th, a week from this Friday, and we could really use your help. We've already received a few questions that were sent in to us, but we'd love to have some more. If you have any questions for Brandon or myself about the podcast, about how to start your own podcast, about Are You Afraid of the Dark, or anything else, we'd love to answer them during our Season 2 wrap-up episode. If you have any stories about Are You Afraid of the Dark and want us to read them, or if you can record and send them to us, we'd be happy to include those in the episode as well. You can email them to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on social media. Our Twitter account is at PRVTIsland, 
And our Instagram account, where you can see all the funny gifts Brandon makes for each episode, is at Private Island Presents. If you'd prefer, you can message us on these platforms with your stories or questions. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash private island and become a patron. We have three different tiers available, all with their own set of rewards and perks, such as stickers, early release episodes, bonus episodes, and more. So take a look and see what tier you'd be interested in. There's the Bronze Beths, the Silver Goths, and the Golden Bostics. We'd like to thank our three Golden Bostic tier patrons, Michael, Brett, and Bryce, as well as our Silver Goth tier patron, Kathy. Thank you so much, everyone. We sincerely appreciate your support. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We recently got a wonderful five-star review, and it really brightened our day. You could also tell someone else about the show, which is a great way to help grow podcasts. Remember, everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'd like to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for the show, aside from this theme from Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Up next, I'd like to play a short promo for a podcast that I enjoy and listen to frequently. It's The Ladies of Strange, a fun comedy podcast where the hosts, Ashley, Tiffany, and Rebecca, talk about all things questionable, odd, or eerie, from true crime to paranormal, the ladies cover it all. Hello friends, we are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tales of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. New episodes are released every Thursday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. More information about the show, including show notes and links to our social media, can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Keep it strange, lovelies. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I'll talk to you in a week. Bye, everyone. The scene shifts again, and we look at a full moon. Jed's up in his room, and he's got this awesome handheld camcorder. And he's got it set up on like a tripod or whatever. He's looking at the neighbor's house, which appears on his TV in real time. Just crazy. They can't afford a dog, but they can afford this <laughs> futuristic yeah, fucking camcorder nonsense. They can't afford a dog, but he can buy all of the dog accessories and cat accessories and fucking canary and hamster accessories. So he's just watching his neighbor through his window and it's the balding guy and he's like starts getting all pissed and he and he looks like he's in pain as he clutches his throat and then he falls to the ground and when he stands back up he's a fucking werewolf that growls in the night and you can hear it on Jed's TV so he must have growled really loud oh yeah and Jed looks scared as fuck we cut to a commercial and back from commercial the camera zooms into Jed's mouth and back out as Jed screams mom 
It's not like he was hidden, like anybody just walking their dog or whatever would have seen this man transform into a werewolf. Yeah, he was right in front of the windows. Jed's mom comes racing into his room and she has on a ridiculous pink poofy pajama coat. Her hair is in curlers and she's got like a green face mask on. She's a 50s mom. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And she asks what's wrong and Jed tells her that the man... The one in the house from across the street, he he just turned into a a wolf, and she's looking out the window, and and then looks at Jed saying, "You're kidding, right?" And the kid's struggling to catch his breath. She's like, "You got me out of bed for this," and Jed says he saw it. He had the camera pointed to his house and everything, and then she starts freaking out, and she's like, "Okay." At this point, I heard her say, "Shit, what's the matter with you?" Obviously, yeah. she doesn't say that because it's a kids' show, but. I thought the same thing. But we're going to... We'll pull a clip. We'll let you guys decide for yourself. She I says Jed. She, she, she says shit. <laughs> I mean, she's meant to be saying Jed, but yeah, she's definitely saying shit. Shit, what is the matter with you? She's like, shit, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you dumbass kid. She tells Jed he can't be spying on that poor man. And Jed's like, he's not a man, mom. Look at this. And he plays back the footage from the camera, but he can't seem to find the part where the guy transforms. Just which, rewind. It. I don't... I feel like they just put this in because they had to, but it's like, why wasn't it? Why couldn't he find it? Why put the like video recording part in at all? He could have just Good been point, there yes. with binoculars, and then it wouldn't have to have the scene of him trying to show the evidence. Like, it's pointless. It is. Yeah. There's no reason why the transformation shouldn't be on there. I know, they don't even explain it at all. It's just not there for some reason. But Mom tells him, okay, that's enough Spielberg. Show's over. Get your ass to bed. Jed makes his way to his bed. His mom tucks him in. Jed tells him that he isn't making it up, that he saw it happen. And Mom says, I know you did. You got dog on the brain, honey. You're seeing him even in your dreams. But Jed tells her that he wasn't dreaming. Uh, but they'll talk about it in the morning. His mom tells him goodnight, smooches him on the forehead. She sighs. He says goodnight and he closes the door. But Jed doesn't just go to sleep. He's he's thinking. He's thinking there. He's just sitting there thinking. The scene shifts and the two friends, Jed and Huey, are holding up a very plain, dark gray book. They clearly just made this book. Very clearly, yeah. It's such a specific book shapeshifters in history who would write that and why i don't know doesn't even show the author's name they didn't even stamp their fucking name on it they were so ashamed of this shit anyway they're reading this book huey's like here it is werewolves and just says yeah yeah they come out on full moons and you can kill them with silver bullets i know how it works huey everyone knows how it works and huey says well wait a second that shit's all in the movies the real whale werewolves are called mesomorphs and they say that together they have a disease called lycanthropy that changes them at any time they're allergic to red roses and pure silver and jed says great we just got to trap them in a flower shop but huey says there's one more thing they need a fresh meat to survive they eat small animals birds and stuff but their favorite is uh children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of have you ever heard of werewolves being, like, allergic to red roses? Is that a thing? No. Okay. That's nothing I've ever heard of. Neither. Not that I watch a bunch of werewolf things, because I think werewolves are kind of boring. But 
I'd never heard of Red Roses. Silver? Yeah, I've heard of that. So Jed's like, uh, yeah, yeah, this is all interesting and stuff, but what do you do if you've got one living next door? And I liked this part because Huey closes the book and he just says, you move. Jed rolls his eyes and the scene shifts to Jed's mom. And she's playing a record on her record player. And she's just dancing. 50s mom. Oh my God, I love it. She's playing this weird like 50s music. And I don't even know. Uh, Jed pops out and is like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, Jed, honey, go get washed up. Dinner will be ready in just a minute. Jed's like, wait, wait, we're having company? And then, I'm sure you noticed this, but the music shifts to the Are You Afraid of the Dark theme in that like weird mm-hmm. 50s fucking funky music. They incorporate that theme a lot. I love it. Like, I never it's caught that cool. as a kid. Anyway, Mom's like, well, yeah. You know that guy I told you about? The one I met bowling a couple weeks ago? And Jed says, he's coming here. And Mom's like, mm-hmm. And Jed gives, like, the best giggle ever and says, you're having a date? Mom's like, it's not a date. It's dinner. It doesn't mean a thing. But that giggle that Jed did, he's like, you're having a date? It was perfect. I loved it. <laughs> and then this part happens, and I love this, too. This is why I love this episode. There's so much stuff. I love it. The doorbell rings, and Mom's like, oh, shoot. Door, go get the Jed. I mean, you know what I mean. Jed's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> You think that was, like, a mistake she made and just went with it? I don't know. The line delivery was pretty good, though. <laughs> so Jed goes get, goes and gets to the door, which has, like, a big flamingo head on the outside of it for some reason. And the camera looks the camera looks down at this guy's shoes, slowly goes up, and it's the next-door neighbor with a handful of flowers, which I'm pretty sure I did not see that coming. I know, right? What a shocker. Jed looks all creeped out at him. And the neighbor guy's like, you must be Jed. Interesting thing about this episode. We never get this neighbor's name. I think he's just referred to as the man. He's neighbor. He's just neighbor guy in my notes. We get his last name, presumably. Eventually. Eventually, yeah, we do. But even at the end when Frank does his voiceover, he just calls him the man. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't like it when you guys don't give us names, but this time you just intentionally didn't give us it the whole episode. So I can't fault you there. It's all right. So the flowers that he has, um, those were roses, weren't they? Like I asked my wife and I was like, Are those roses? I don't I can't fucking tell. She told me they were, so Yeah, I think so. I think it's already trying to plant seeds of doubt in your mind, like, wait, that incredibly credible book <laughs> already told us that they don't like roses, so fucking this whole thing's off. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I love this part, too. We we shift inside. The mom is smelling one of the flowers and says, I just adore cooking, as you can see. <laughs> and oh there's God. this outrageous What the hell food. is this? I don't know. It's in every color of the fucking rainbow. I actually have no idea what even type of food is meant to be. If it's a pasta, if it's a meat... If it's, what is it? Is it vegetables? I think I seen green beans. I think I seen green beans on there. I thought that the blue, it's literally every color of the rainbow. What's blue? Bright blue. What food is blue? Nothing. There's nothing in nature that we can eat that's the color blue. Even blueberries are purple. There's nothing. I thought that they were all just macaroni and cheeses that were dyed different colors. Because I think I seen like 
elbow macaroni in them? I don't know. Okay, so we've got elbow macaroni and green beans. Yeah, that's the only thing I could decipher. Maybe if I had more time and a better quality, I could, like, you know, pinpoint out what the fuck everything was. Also, I think something was black on the plate. I don't even know. I don't know what to say. It was. It is. It's insane. It's insane. I think it's trying to make fun of how gross people in the 50s, like, cooked. You know, they came up with yeah, all these nasty fucking casseroles. Yeah. Just put pickles and olives in jello, serve oh. that with fish. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. You got a gourmet meal. Yeah, fucking casserole. They just slapped together all their leftovers into a single fucking roasting pan and they threw it in the oven. They called it casserole. They put fucking cream of mushroom soup on top. Boom. Casserole. Disgusting. You know what, though? It was better than that nasty beige spread that Keith's dad tried to feed him in the Dark Dragon. It was at least prettier. It was. Mom tells the guy that it's been so long since she's had a man around to try her talents on. I hope you like it. I got this recipe off the TV. Oh, God. The guy's like, it smells great. Do you think that would smell great? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't know what it would smell like. If it looked anyway. like it smelled, it's it would smell beautiful. <laughs> it smelled like fucking Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the neighbor guy says, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. And Jed looks at him and he says, Or a cat. <laughs> and the guy and, and the mom, they look at him and the mom's like, So, uh, how are you finding Maple Street? And the guy's like, Oh, it's great. People are much friendlier here than they were at my last place that I lived. And Jed's like, where was that? Transylvania? And all of a sudden, Emma bursts through the door and says, <laughs> Transylvania! The and starts gunning them down. <laughs> She's got that staple gun. She's like, pow, 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 pow. Slow motion. <laughs> I love it. The guy's like, actually, Seattle? And the mom laughs. Offer some, some more yams. So I guess there's yams somewhere in there. She hands it to him across the table. As the guy's hand passes over by Jed, Jed takes his fork and he just fucking stabs the dude with it. And he's like, how do you like that? It's pure silver. He fucking stabs the dude. I love it. <laughs> like, ridiculous. I mentioned Emma, but they really do share kind of a similarity Hey, you know what? Okay, wise. he watched somebody turn into a werewolf. There's a werewolf in that house somewhere. He's seen it. <laughs> okay, okay, you've got Emma's a point. Seen nothing. She's like Emma. There's blood in their house. Let's kill him. They have an accent, so she wanted to murder them. <laughs> this kid <laughs> seen a goddamn monster. Yes. <laughs> so you're definitely right about that. He has, yeah. But he, he has goddamn more reason. just fucking stabbed this guy. He did. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And then he just runs over to the window, and he pulls back the curtain, which shows us a full moon, and Jed's like, watch this, Mom. He's going to change. Well, he doesn't change. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Uh-uh. And Mom's like, Jed, you need to stop this shit right now, mister. And the neighbor guy's like, no, Ellen, it's okay. No harm done. No, it's not. He stabbed you. I know. He's being very nice about it, though. He's a cool guy. I like him. She scolds Jed, saying that he's excused from the table. He's like, but mom. And the neighbor and the mom laugh. And they're like, kids. Because I think Jed is out of the room at this point. 
Kids will stab. He takes this very well, the stabbing and stuff. Okay, you know what though? I'm gonna let's rewind this. I have a problem with this. What? Okay. Mm, should I get into spoilers now or wait until later? Yeah, go for it. Okay. We watch somebody turn into a werewolf. So there's a werewolf mm-hmm. in this episode. It's called the full yeah. moon. It's gonna be a werewolf. There's a werewolf. Now, this man who we don't know his name because they never give it to us. Neighbor. He is not a werewolf, but no. he knows there is a werewolf. Now, he now knows that Jed knows there's a werewolf, but he doesn't try to calm his kid down or explain the situation. He seems like an open guy. Why didn't What's he, he just ex- say? Why didn't he just explain the situation now? He's just supposed to go, all right, look, kid. I've got this werewolf. <laughs> yeah. He's like, just chilling in my pad. He's in the house. He's just eating all these neighborhood pets, but it's cool. Yeah, like, he knows there's a werewolf. He's doing all this shit thinking you're the werewolf because he's seen, you know, somebody transform into a werewolf. It's like, just explain the situation. I don't know. That was my my problem with the episode at the moment. I have another one later. All right. Up in Jed's room, Jed is, like, meditating or praying or something. I don't know. He's just kind of sitting on his bed. It's weird. As Jed's mom walks in, she's got a change of clothing on, and she's laughing. She's like, oh, 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 oh. And then she looks over at Jed, and she sighs, and she says, we're going out for coffee. Your dinner is in the Calvinator. Did you yeah. know what a Calvinator was? I don't know what the fuck no, she's I didn't. talking about. It's a freezer, my wife, right? Yeah, my wife told me, and I was like, what? She knew what a Calvinator was? Yes. Mm, Well, you know what? Us Americans. Maybe it's a Commonwealth thing. I don't know. It it sounded like 50s to me, which is probably what they were going for. Yes, I think that's probably. Yeah, my wife looked at me when when she said Calvinator, and I was like, I already looked it up. It's a freezer. Because I thought maybe it was the Calvinator reminds me of, like, you know, the degrees of Calvin. So I was like, okay, it's either something you put in to heat it up or something to cool it down. So I figured it, it was either a microwave or a freezer of a murderous robot. Calvinator. I mean, it does sound, it has that finality to it, you know, <laughs> like you've been Calvinated. Which, I mean, it's, this kid is in, an off-brand Terminator called the Calvinator. And that's what he says when he kills you. have been Calvinated. <laughs> off-brand Terminator. <laughs> wow. So anyway, mom's like, I'll deal with you when I get home. And Jed sits on his bed for a moment. Then he picks up his phone and he pushes one button. So fucking Huey is on speed dial. He's number one, baby. He's. <laughs> I think he was number zero, but... (laughs) It's above poison control. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, dog, I was wrong. That guy's not a werewolf. And he was like, well, did you do the tests? And Jed says, yeah. And then we switch over to Huey, and he's in a fucking bathtub. (laughs) He's got some goggles on and a shower cap over his luscious curls. And I was just like, what? (laughs) What is going on? Yes. Uh, this episode's incredible. Yeah. He's in a pink claw bath with oh. bubbles. Yeah, everything. And he's got 
He's got a penguin towel. And he's got goggles and a bathing cap. And he's got his phone apparently right by his side in the back. He's ready. He's ready to talk to anybody he needs to while soaking. It was ridiculous and I loved it. They didn't need to do that. He he could have just no. been a voice on the other end of the phone. <laughs> they went out of their way to make <laughs> yes. the situation goofing. It was crazy. Oh, so Huey's like, did you use pure silver? And Jed says, yep. How about the moon? Jed says, yes, I did the tests all right. And Huey says, okay, okay. So your mom's boyfriend isn't a werewolf. That's that. Jed says, no, it's not. There's something going on. I got to go back in that house. Newey says, oh, Jed, I'm still in the bath. And Jed says, towel off. And he slams the phone down. Damn. Okay. I have another issue with this, though. Oh? So is this all in the same night? It makes it sound like the neighbor coming to dinner and this phone call happened on the same night, right? Yes. So how does Huey already know that, one, his mom's got a boyfriend, and two, it's the guy from next door that may or may not be a werewolf? They've got walkie-talkies. They're probably talking all the time. Eh, okay, I'll take that. I like it. I didn't really think about it until after the episode was over. I was like, wait a second. How does he, how is Huey so up to date on all this information? Like they didn't go over the plan of stabbing him with a fucking fork and everything. I don't. I, don't, I didn't understand. But sure, they used walkie talkies. Like he's like, "Mom, neighbor guy, I gotta go take a shit." While they were at dinner, he's like, "Huey, Huey, I, I don't know what the fuck to do. What am I doing here?" Lassie, Lassie, come in. <laughs> Renton, I fucking stabbed him. I stabbed him. <laughs> I'm going to prison, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so next scene, we're in front of the neighbor's house, and Huey and Jed are there, and Huey's like, looks pretty quiet. Maybe we should come back when someone's home, like around noon. Jed says, I know how we can get in, and Huey stops him saying, why are you saying we? And Jed tells him, because we're partners, and we're in this until the end, and Huey gulps, uh, uh, the end? And then some cats start fighting near him, and trash cans, like, fall over, so he runs to Jed as they make as they make their way to the backyard where he found all of those collars before. And Jed tells Huey to relax. No one's home. He's out having coffee with his mom. And Jed tries the back door, but it won't open because this neighbor guy locks it like a sane human. And Huey's like, well, that's that. But nope. Jed fucking opens up his backpack and he just pulls out a massive crowbar. <laughs> My wife's seen that and he's, she was like, oh, so he's like fucking Mary Poppins because this crowbar is bigger than the backpack and he just like keeps lifting it out. It is large. I will say though, this is the first time that there's been a backpack in this show that actually has a use. The magical backpack. Mm-hmm. So Jed takes that fucking crowbar and starts to break into the back door as Huey is like, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. Why did you show up, Huey? You knew what was going down here. He had to. I don't, he had to towel off and fucking jed commanded it he does it when jed throws that stick he runs exactly jed breaks open the door and he was like oh shit this is really happening and then all right in they go jed goes first and then huey gets pulled in after jed hands huey the crowbar as he pulls out 
like a Polaroid camera, and they open up the fridge, but it's fucking empty. And he was like, oh. Of course it is. He was like, I thought you said it was full of meat. And Jed tells him it was, but he must have hidden them. Maybe he got really hungry, and and then the kids hear some growls, you know, coming from, like, upstairs or something. But they look at a door, and then they slowly open it up, and an ironing board falls out, and it scares them. Huey asks if they can go, but no, there's there's just got to be something here. Huey walks over and uh, looks into a box. He picks up a picture frame, and he asks what the guy looked like. You know, was he kind of tall? Yeah. Was he was he bald? Yeah. Why? And Huey says, "Oh shit!" And we look at the picture, and the dude has a twin brother. Shouldn't the first question have been, "So, hey, are there two of them?" Why is it relevant anyway? Just because he has a brother doesn't mean he lives there. He could be in Seattle. He could be in oh, Hong Kong. It just doesn't matter. Well, you know what, Brandon? A fucking werewolf pops up and it screams and growls <laughs> at the kids. <laughs> it, yes, it doesn't matter. There's a werewolf now. <laughs> now there's a werewolf. So <laughs> We've got bigger werewolf problems. <laughs> Jed takes a picture of him, which like flashes in his face, and then they start running. They go to the front door, but, oh, fuck, there's just a bunch of locks on it. So the kids look back at the werewolf, and it's right behind them. So they run upstairs. To a dead end? To a dead end, yeah. And into, like, a hallway. As everyone always does. We talk about this, um, you know, relatively frequently now. When somebody's chasing you, go into a dead end, guys. Just get yourself stuck. Yeah. Wedge yourself in nice and tight. Anywhere you can't move. Yeah, just... Preferably so you can watch what's going to happen. It's the way to go. Just wait for the end. Yeah. So they're in this room. They stop for a moment to scream at each other, but then they're trapped at the dead end of a hallway. At least that's what it looked like to me at the time because it was really dark. The werewolf theatrically jumps into the hallway (laughs) and uh, it wipes its mouth, you know, and then it growls at the kids some more. And then the kids run further down the hallway and into a door and they open it up and they slam it into the werewolf's face, which cries in pain because I don't know that hurt or whatever. It would. Yeah. Inside the room, the two kids put a flimsy fucking table in front of the door and they set something on it and then they just walk away from it and they talk about how that won't hold the werewolf for very long. It's like, well, no fucking hold the werewolf for even a second. (laughs) anybody could just open the door and just fall over it's ridiculous the kids look around and uh, the room and they see that there's a mattress on the floor i think it had like claw marks in it or whatever huey picks up a dog's bone and jed's like oh fuck we're in his bedroom yeah it looks like a saw movie in there it uh, it reminded me of you know going back to uh fucking hellraiser it reminded me of the mattress from i think the second hellraiser you know Mm. yeah that so the werewolf is pounding on the door um, as the kids scream. They they try to get out the window, but it's got that chicken wire fencing around it. Um, I didn't really understand this part. They grab a big chain that's connected to the wall, and they just pull it right off the wall for some reason. And then they start beating on the chicken wire and, and try to undo the nails on, on it as the door opens up and the werewolf comes in. If a werewolf couldn't fucking yank the chains off the wall, how come this, like... 11-year-old kid can do it. This wolf is weak as hell. I can't get that door open. Yeah. You know even what? Even when there's just a sloppy yeah. table in front of it. That's a good point. This werewolf is the worst. Also, the makeup on this werewolf, if you could even call it that, is not great. 
Yeah, we need to discuss this werewolf a bit. It looks like a cheap Halloween mask. Yeah. There seems to be some kind of, like, movement, so it's not just a unmoving rubber mask, like the eyebrows move a little bit. Not that much, though. Not that much at all. It kind of reminded me of the goblins from Troll 2. Yep, that's true. You know, we've talked about how the production in Season 2 has been better than Season 1, but this monster design was not not good at all no not really like i would say i mean it doesn't even really add to the charm of the episode it's just kind of it just doesn't look very good no they really should have gone for a more like the old wolfman movie kind of look yeah just just, to just add like just to round it out right yeah Yeah. make his wolf like nose wolf like and and just do bunches of you know fake hair all over him yeah, they went for like a weird goblin-y looking yeah. monster with giant fangs. Yeah, he's he's his face is like, I don't know, 75% teeth or something. Yeah. So the werewolf starts crying like a baby for some reason. And, you know, the kids are all scared. They're like fucking backed up in a corner or whatever. Jed pulls out that silver whistle from the beginning of the episode. And he says, bad dog. And he blows the whistle. Which is uh, apparently just straight torture to this werewolf's ears. It's torture to my ears. It was so loud. Oh my gosh. This was the worst part. We're not going to give a clip to you people because that would be torture. And I think we might get sued. But, you know, the the werewolf is like, you know, trying to cover its ears in pain. And the kids start to shuffle over to the door as the wolf sits down on his mattress next to a picture of a lady from like the 20s or 30s or something that says mom on it. That's a detail, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere, but whatever. Jed stops blowing the whistle, and he kind of looks down at the fucking werewolf. It looks like he feels really bad for essentially torturing this poor thing. They're at the doorway now, and behind them steps the neighbor guy, and he says, I see you met Gordon. And then, out of nowhere, Huey runs the fuck out of there saying, Bye, Jed, see you at school. (laughs) They were just like... Well, we don't need you anymore, Huey. Get your golden golden girl's ass hair out of here. And Jed says, Gordon, as the neighbor guy walks into the room, he's like, yeah, he's my brother. And Jed says, I got news for you, buddy. Your brother's got a problem. And Gordon's sitting there panting like a dog through all of this. And the neighbor guy says, yeah, I know. He's got lycanthropy. Everyone says I should just put him out of his misery, but he's family. <laughs> All this is said so casually. Very casually, yes. Just like, you can't choose your family, you know? Yeah, like... Mine's a werewolf. Everybody said I should fucking kill him, but I don't wanna. (laughs) He's like, he's family, he's all I got. And Jed starts to tell him, yeah, well, pal, my mom's all I've got. When she finds out about this, she's gonna... But then some weird daytime soap drama music starts playing, and out walks Jed's mom, and she's like, Jed... I already know. And she looks over at Gordon and she's like, oh. And Jed says, you're not scared? Mom tells him, I was at first, but I'm trying to understand, honey. I hope you will too. And Jed's like, does he really eat kids? But the neighbor guy says, just rumors. People can be so cruel. Well, I mean, you're eating their pets. You're eating. How many fucking collars were there? They ate so. (sighs) Yeah. Most of the time in these kinds of shows, the kids think there's something going on, and it's not actually that. But all that meat in the fridge was people's pets. Yeah. 
that was a little dis- disgusting. Like, even if this neighbor guy's not a werewolf, like, he's got to be the one grinding these pets into, <laughs> into <laughs> raw meat. Why not just go get him hamburger from the fucking store? Because wolves don't like cow, I guess. Uh, whatever. That was my, that was probably my biggest part or issue with this episode is that like, I mean, this is a relatively happy ending, but all those pets are still dead. Yeah. They're fucking killing people's beloved family members. (laughs) Yeah. You can't pick your family. I don't want to kill this person, but, or I don't want to kill my brother, but also we're okay with killing all these families, loved ones. So whatever. Fuck you. (laughs) Neighbor, you asshole. (sighs) So neighbor guy continues saying there's a lot of different kind of families, Jed, and he's petting his brother on the head. And he's like, this is just one of them. And and Gordon in his mask, you know, his fucking werewolf face kind of smiles a bit. And Jed's like, yeah, well, he's got to stop eating pets, though. And I agree. He does (laughs) need to quit eating those fucking pets. Yeah, he should not start eating pets. Don't eat pets. That's that's all I'm going to say. Just don't eat pets. That's, I mean, spoilers. That's the moral of the story. Don't that's steal your neighbor's take. pets and grind them up. Don't do it. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> the scene shifts to a barbecue where somebody's grilling it and ends up being, um, you know, the neighbor guy. Someone's grilling up some steaks. Frank's voiceover says, it wasn't long before Jed's mom married the man from across the street and they all moved in together like a family. Jed's mom comes up to the neighbor guy. She's dancing. And he the neighbor guy's wearing an apron that says something about, like, Howell to the chef or whatever. Um, and she says, looking good, Mr. Anchors. And he says, thank you, Mrs. Anchors. Two well done and one medium. And he smiles and smooches his new wife. Frank says, Jed's mom was happy. The man was happy. And Jed's mom says, and one very rare. God, that... Something sounded like shit. It's trying to tell us that there's four steaks of varying degrees. Mom has a plate of food and she's like, Jed, Gordon, dinner's ready. And the camera pans over to Jed and he's got a stick in his hand. He's like, go back, way back. This one's out of the park. And he throws the stick and we see a full moon and a hand reaches up. It's all hairy and stuff in a clown suit or whatever. (laughs) And it grabs the stick as Frank says, as for Jed, he finally got his dog. The end. So he moved on from using his friend as a dog to using his new uncle as a dog. Yeah. All right. So just get a dog. <laughs> no, they don't need one now. He's not a werewolf all the time, though. <laughs> That's my understanding. So of like, werewolfism. I mean, okay, lycanthropy though is that the same thing as being a werewolf where you can only be a werewolf in the full moon or is it where you can change into a werewolf whenever you want i don't know because we watched the man transform into the wolf and he looked like he was in pain he was not enjoying it yeah so at what point was he like i'm gonna be a wolf now if he can control it why be a wolf at all because he's locked (laughs) in a shitty room with bones and it looks like a jail cell yeah. And it doesn't look good. So just be a person. Be a person and go to work and read books. <laughs> yeah. Take walks. Books. I don't know. Go to the beach. What do people <laughs> do? I don't know. 
<laughs> what do people do? Who fa- I don't know. What, are the, what do humans do? <laughs> I'm a Calvinator. <laughs> you have been Calvinated. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, there is a full moon out at the end scene. So, I don't know. Maybe he only transforms on a, on a full moon, but... Sure. Know. Let's say he only transforms during a full moon. So then just the rest of the time... I don't know him and Jed. He's just, just some middle-aged buddies. balding guy. Some twin. And Jed's like, "Hey, you want to play fetch?" And he's like, "Fuck no, I'm a human. <laughs> I'm not your dog. I'm only your dog for like three days a fucking month, <laughs> three nights a month." It was a silly ending to a silly episode, but I really liked it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a goofy vibe to this episode. It was such a goofy episode. I think that they probably had so much fun doing this one. So, back at the Midnight Society, the kids all look around, and Gary says, and now our anniversary surprise. And Frank's like, surprise? Kristen says, the fire's nice and hot. Frank asks, what surprise? As David says, special occasion, just for you. And Gary pulls out, like, this, I don't know what, a forked stick? What are yeah. those even called? It's the kind that you just, like, stab into ham and then cut, you know, so you can fucking cut it's it. It's a forked stick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he grabs out this fork stick and he says, Roast Frank. And Frank starts freaking out. And then Kiki walks up with just this link of hot dogs. And she laughs and she's like, Roasted Franks, don't you want one? And the kids laugh. And Kristen says, Happy anniversary, Frank. Betty Ann says, Let's cook. As that goofy version of the Are You Afraid of the Dark theme from the episode plays. And the kids start cooking their hot dogs on the fire. And that's the end of the episode. Okay, but for a second, Frank thought they were going to murder him in a fire. He did, yeah. For ju- He gets really um, worked up about very small things all the time. <laughs> for just a little bit, he was sure he was going to burn alive. <laughs> you remember that one episode where it wasn't even scary and we look over at Frank at the end and he looks like he shit his pants? I don't even remember what episode it was, but... It's most episodes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a problem. He takes this shit way too seriously. He likes to act tough, but at the end of the day, he shits his pants. All the time. Yes. <laughs> at the end of the day, he shits his pants and gets scared or shaken in his little booties. In fact, it probably was Hungry Hound that he was like, Oh my god, I'm so scared. The dogs were hungry? Oh fuck. So yeah, overall I uh, I had a good time with this episode. I thought it was fun. It was okay. <laughs> it wasn't my fave. No, well, I don't think it was my favorite this season, but I really enjoyed it. It was, like I said, I had a fun time with it. I didn't think I was going to because the episode title was so boring, but they had fun with it. I had fun with it. Did we have fun with it just now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, the the moral of the story, which I don't think we did a moral of the story for Whispering Walls. I think we were just like monotone done with it. We're very inconsistent. No, we've had every single one of them except for maybe Whispering Walls so far. But yeah, the moral of the story is don't steal your neighbor's pets and grind them into mush. Don't do it. I mean, you'd think that'd be common sense, but no, it's not. You got it here first, folks. If you're thinking about stealing your neighbor's pets, just don't. Don't do it. Don't do not do it and then kill them. Don't do it, kill them, and then feed them to your brother. Don't do it, guys. No. Stop. Just say no to grinding up pets. 
Exactly. But Brandon, the you know what? The Tale of the Full Moon, we already like harped on this one for having such a boring name. Surely we can think of something better. I don't know. It's really hard to top that. Yeah, I guess. It was a boring name, but it described the episode. So, I mean, we knew it was going to be werewolves. But let's think of some better names for this shit. All like right. maybe the Tale of the Missing Pets would have worked pretty good, I think. Uh, the Tale of the Disgusting Dinner? Yeah. The Tale of the Pink Flamingos? The Tale of the Calvinator. <laughs> Nobody would have known what that fucking shit was, except for your wife. <laughs> the Tale of Vaulting Over a Fence? I don't fucking <laughs> That rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, right. <laughs> as good as Laughing in the Dark, at least. Mm, yeah. You know, it's hard. You could do, like, the Tale of the Silver Whistle. Yeah. We would be terrible Midnight Society members, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we would make it in. <laughs> Maybe just the tale of the pet detectives would be fine. The tale of the yeah, right. nightly neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Something along the You know, lines. actually, I looked it up, and the guy who plays the werewolf is... He's famous, uh, right? Mr. Braun from... Get the fuck out of here. No, he's not. Is he? Yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Good for you, Mr. Braun. Emma should be right right around the corner. She's just watching this whole fucking shit go down. She is ready to murder everyone. (laughs) Well, let's see what's up next, okay? All right. So next up, Brandon. Oh, damn. We're on season... I mean, (laughs) we're on episode 10 of season 2 already next week, dude. Can you... God damn, only we four just did the left. final wish. We have one month left of season two, and then we're out of this shit. Anyway, season two, episode ten. Next up is the tale of the shiny red bicycle. Who do you think is going to tell mm. this story? I think this is Gary. Hmm, okay. And. Well, what do you think it's going to be about then? Because I, I don't remember really? who says this one. I'm going to say. You know what? I'm going to say it's a David story because I don't remember who says it or who, who who tells everybody this tale. You hear the tale of the shiny red bicycle. What do you think it's going to be about? It reminds me immediately of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Ooh, yeah, right? That'd be awesome. I could deal with that. that would be fucking awesome. I mean, I'm going to deal with it anyway, but... <laughs> I mean, Large Marge is scarier than 90% of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes anyway. Yeah. Large Marge traumatized kids. Probably more than this show did, I think. Shit's scary. So scary. So, okay. I like where you're going with this, but uh, what happens in the episode? All right. Um, kid uh, loses a bike. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He goes and tries to find it. Mm-hmm. He dies. Damn. Okay. <laughs> And is trapped into another dimension for all eternity. That's how you know it's a Gary. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, classic Gary. Fucking kids getting <laughs> trapped in small spaces. Forever. Yeah. Alright, awesome. I'm looking forward to this one. Am I? I don't remember this episode at all, actually, so I don't know what I'm talking about. We, uh, oh man. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not gonna. Don't. Oh, man. I have been up all night. I really hope there's not a full moon tonight because 
fuck, I don't want to, my fucking dog is going to disappear and shit. I don't want that to happen, so. No, keep your dog safe. I will. My dog, my cat. You know, they could grind up a couple insects, though. I'd be alright with that. Like, fucking wasps or something. Have you seen, like, the insect candies and stuff where it's, like, a scorpion inside of a lollipop? Yeah. I've never seen them in real life. I've seen people... Because I watch Food Network pretty regularly, and they use that in, Mm -hmm. like, Chopped and stuff sometimes. Do they sell that, like, in Australia? There's a... Like a lolly shop here that sells like international candies from all over the world and stuff. Yeah. And they've got things like that and like chocolate spiders and they have just like worms and crickets that are flavored like barbecue and sour cream and chives and stuff. I don't get it. You can just get like barbecue flavored crickets. Do your kids like that stuff or are they like fuck that? Yeah, they won't eat that shit. Okay. I told them I would try it if they would, but no, no <laughs> dice. You can't even get them to do it that way? <laughs> no. Oh, not even your boy? <clears throat> no, and I'm kind of glad because I don't want to eat crickets either. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't want to eat it either. Like, they they have that shit on, like, Chopped and stuff, like I said, and I'm just like, man, I could never be a judge on that shit. It's fucking ridiculous. I'd be like, yeah. you all lose because I won't eat this. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think we have any shops like that. I mean, maybe we do, but I'm not even going to bother looking for them. So I don't think I have anything fun to say about this. All right. Oh, man. Oh, but I've been up all night, man. I'm so tired. Still got to work today. Ugh, I'm ready for bed. Ooh. All right. I will talk to you in a, in a week when we cover... Uh, that shiny red bicycle, a.k.a. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All right. That's exciting. It is. Or is it? We'll find out. <laughs> Next week. Bye, guys. Uh, Next week. Up all night. Yeah. Bye. Up all night. <laughs> Damn it. I ruined your That's okay. outro. I didn't have anything fun. Bye. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.